Welcome to Federal Insights Insider Threat, sponsored by Verona Systems. Now here's your host, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Brian Vecchi, Technical Evangelist for Veronis. How are you, Brian? I'm doing well. Thank you, John. You pick up a newspaper, you go online, and you find out that cybersecurity is now a matter of national security. It's all over the place. And the guy I never quote, but I have to quote today, is Warren Buffett. And he recently said that cyber attacks are a bigger threat than nuclear weapons. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's not surprising. Uh, every organization has data and information. And unlike in the past where we thought of technical assets as being replaceable, you can replace a laptop, you can replace a server, you can replace technology or even pieces of the network, the data is really an organizational, uh, in this case, a federal or an agency or a business asset. The data has real value and it's becoming far too easy for attackers to get a hold of that information, hold it hostage in the case of ransomware, or just exfiltrate it and make use of it for their own purposes. Infiltrate, exfiltrate. Mm. Sounds like a spy movie here or something, doesn't it? It is. We're talking about attacks. We're talking about sophisticated attackers getting into technical networks, getting access to data, and exfiltrating that data. We're talking about ingress to systems and egress of that data or denial of service of that data in the case of ransomware. Let's dial it back a little bit and talk about human beings because human beings are prone to made mistakes. And there's a group called CERT, and I do quote them a lot, Mm -hmm. and they report that insider threats can be intentional and unintentional. And Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh, I left the back door open, Janet. One of those things, huh? Sure. Uh, Insider threat refers to any buddy that's already inside the network. Organizations for years have spent all of their time and energy just trying to build bigger and stronger fences to keep people out, not realizing that the real danger or many of the real dangers are already inside their network. Users have access to far too much data. We recently studied thousands of the data risk assessments that we do for some of our customers, and we found that 47% of the customers that we talked to had more than than 1,000 files open to everybody in the company. That means every single user, whether they're intentionally accessing data or not, is a potential insider threat risk to that information. Well, i got to toss back to you another statistic from IBM this time, Mm -hmm. and and they talk about 60% of all intrusions being insider threats. So we have people making mistakes and intentional. Exactly. So it's not just the people inside the network that are intentionally getting accessing data. Once somebody, an attacker, is inside the network, they can leverage their credentials. They can steal the access that you or anybody else has, which means every user inside needs to be monitored so that you understand how they're accessing data, and every user should only have access to what they're supposed to. Those can generally be very difficult things to do, which is why organizations are struggling. Well, Brian, believe it or not, I used to take these uh, security tests years ago. You'd sit in a room and multiple choice mm-hmm. tests and get your little certificate. And um, they always talked about firewalls. And I mm-hmm. had checked back, we had a firewall. Hey, everyone's working. And there's application firewalls now. So mm-hmm. firewall's the answer, right? Firewall's the answer if you believe that all you need to do is just keep people out. Good <laughs> fences are great. But once someone is inside the network, and what we're seeing over and over and over again, especially with these major breaches, is that if an attacker wants to get inside your network, your perimeter is not going to be enough. Your firewall is not going to be enough. No matter how much investment you make on a fence, once someone's inside, if you're not protecting the data itself, putting micro perimeters around that data and watching how it's being used, it's easy for someone to get in. And once they're in, they're going to get access to anything that they want. Brian, we're here in the middle of Washington, D.C. we got to talk mm-hmm. about the White House. In 2011, there was a presidential order um, making every agency take a look at insider threat uh, for classified systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that it's enough, but it's certainly something that every agency should be doing. They need to understand the roles of the people that they have that have access to their data, and they need to make sure that they're monitoring every single user's behavior. 
every one of these breaches tends to come down to people have access to too much and we're not watching how they're how they're actually accessing that data. So agencies agencies need to be aware of who are your administrators, who are your actual users, are administrators behaving badly, are service accounts behaving badly, are users maybe by accident or even on purpose accessing in data in ways that might indicate that they've been compromised. If you're not looking at how that data is being used, it's impossible to catch when something goes wrong. You just use the word behavior. I'm going to combine it with my word firewall. Mm -hmm. Is there such thing as a behavior firewall? Does that exist? Yeah, behavioral firewalls absolutely do exist. And there's certainly advanced technology from a firewall perspective. But just like uh, the traditional firewalls, organizations need to have defense in depth. And no matter how good your firewall is, it's not going to protect you from insider threats since once somebody's inside, your firewall can't help you. So um, spinning off on behavior here, I guess one could monitor behavior of people inside the wall, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. You absolutely could. And when it comes to these kinds of attacks, when we're talking about attacks on data, the behavior that we're talking about isn't necessarily how the user interacts with the rest of the network. It's how does that user act on the data itself? So if we think of the data as an organizational asset and not like a laptop or a server or something else, but more like the money in a financial account, I guarantee you every agency keeps track of how its money is spent. Every agency needs to keep track of how its data is used. And the behavior that we're talking about is Are you recording how your files and emails are actually being accessed? Because you can't catch what you can't see. And if you can't see how people are accessing data, you're not going to be able to catch when something goes wrong. I'm sure this is not true for our listeners, but uh, there's some reports that say, let's say Information Week reported that 95% of organizations have employees seeking to bypass security controls. Mm -hmm. Now, so you have the right controls, you have a good firewall, and guess what? People try to work around it, don't they? People are going to do anything that they can to try to get their job done. And nobody wants to have technology get in their way. That said, if the controls are too strict that they can't get access to data that they want, they're going to let you know. What nobody's ever going to let you know and scream and yell is when they have access to too much information. People's jobs change. People are on projects. People get access to data that they need to do their jobs. Nobody ever calls up screaming and says, hey, I've got access to too much. And that's (laughs) part of the problem. Yeah, it's a major problem, too. You know, um, I think you have to take a look at uh, uh, examining regular and privileged users, get a look at background, mm-hmm. but maybe threat training might be involved in here too. You think there's part of it or is it, is it all should it be automated? No, absolutely. Automation is absolutely key, but training is a big part of what's going to keep our data safe. Users need to understand that every time that they access data, that's potentially risky. They need to understand that all the data that they have access to could potentially be very, very sensitive. Users need to understand the kinds of things that they shouldn't shouldn't click on. They need to understand basic data security principles to help keep organizational assets safe. So, Brian, I teach at Georgetown University. I just left mm-hmm. the campus a half hour ago, and my last email is from the CIO of Georgetown saying, we have a problem with ransomware. Don't mm-hmm. click on anything. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break and, and go back to ransomware and everyone. So, if I can, not only the federal government, everyone. We're going to pause here for a short break. My guest today is Brian Vecchi, technical evangelist at Veronis. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Combating Insider Threat in Government, sponsored by Veronis on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. In 2016, Veronis conducted over 1,000 enterprise data risk assessments. Our findings were staggering. 47% had 1,000 sensitive files open to every employee, and 71% of all folders contained stale data. That's almost two petabytes. I'm George Delisle, Director of Federal at Veronis. Our software analyzes how employees use files and emails and alerts you when unusual activity occurs. View the full report at veronis.com slash risk report. That's V-A-R-O-N-I-S dot com slash risk report. 
Welcome back to the discussion combating insider threat in government, sponsored by Veronis on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Brian Vecchi, technical evangelist, Veronis. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. You know, I've been getting emails, people threatening and saying, don't do this, don't do that. And, and you know, I hear these things about ransomware, but really it hasn't affected me and my family. It must be fake news, right, Brian? It's not fake news at all, and it's affecting everybody. Ransomware is an attack, if you're not aware, where an attacker gets access inside the network and locks down your data and, asking for, and then asks for payment. It literally holds your valuable assets, your data, your files and emails for ransom, which is why it's called ransomware. It's insidious. Because it doesn't necessarily take a very sophisticated hacker to get in and encrypt data. All you need is a way to get paid. And with Bitcoin, you can get that completely anonymously. Ransomware is hitting every industry, every vertical, from small businesses all the way up to the biggest enterprises and the, and the federal government, like no other attack ever before, because it's so easy to get in. And once an attacker is in, they have access to everything that any user has access to, which means that lots of really valuable information are exposed, and it's very easy to lock it down and hold it for ransom. Well, we were in Washington, D.C., and we did the mandatory talk about the White House. Now I do the mandatory acronym. <laughs> sure. And the acronym it chooses the Identity Theft Resource Center, ITRC. And, uh, you know, it's just what May, June here. And uh, what they're saying is that 2017 data breaches are at a record pace. Mm -hmm. That's not good. No, it's not good. These problems aren't going away. The Verizon Data Breach Report just came out. 20% of all data that organizations store is open to everybody, which means all of that information is available to any attacker that gets through your perimeter, gets through your firewall. Data is open to everybody. Nobody's watching how it's being used, which means these kinds of attacks are going to increase in frequency, not decrease. So is the solution then to monitor employees? I mean, aren't there some civil you know, liberty requirements here? Where, where do you draw the line? I think you draw the line at protecting your assets. You, a bank would monitor every single person that goes into its vault, would monitor every single person that, transa uh, that uh, transfers money between accounts. Organizations need to start thinking about their data in the same way. Users shouldn't have access to data that they don't need, and data shouldn't be accessed unless it's recorded. You can't catch what you can't see. And as an organization, if you want to protect your data, you need to monitor how it's being used. Well, I get news, another acronym here, and the acronym is NIST, N-I-S-T. Mm -hmm. Home of PhDs galore. You go up there, I mean, they're huge brains. They're carrying the brains in wheelbarrows. And so they uh, have a lot of controls that they suggest that you mm -hmm. use. Now, are these just put on the shelf or these work? Or do you work with Veronis these controls? Or how do they relate to Veronis? We do. Uh, and NIST controls are both very detailed and relatively strict for how users should get access to the data that's regulated under those kinds of controls. What ends up happening, though, is that when we're talking about files and emails, the amount of data has completely outpaced our ability as a society or as a given organization to secure it. We have more data than we can possibly manage, and so the security of that information has fallen behind. We live in a completely different world, though. You can't leave data open to everybody. You can't let data be accessed by anybody that you want. So what NIST says is you need to put these kinds of controls around your data. What's been difficult in the past is to apply those controls to files and emails, which is what we're helping our customers do. Hmm. And so what Veronis has is a uh, framework to, to apply some appropriate controls, uh, among other things. Yeah, what we've realized is that traditional approaches using disparate tools and native logging and manual processes haven't worked, which is why we see breach after breach after breach on the front page. 
What Veronis has done is built a category of product that we call a data security platform. And what a data security platform does is replace all of those disparate small tools with a single platform that combines data classification with behavior monitoring and analysis, with data access governance and identity management for unstructured data for files and emails. A data security platform helps our customers reduce costs, reduce exposure, respond to breaches faster, and make sure that those kinds of controls, the NIST controls that we've talked about, actually can be applied to their files and emails. Now, my govy, my federal listeners, love true stories from the real world. Mm -hmm. And if something works in the real world, they figure it may apply to them too. And Veronis must have some some all kinds of notches in their belt for going into companies because they're going to say, give me the ROI Mm -hmm. in two weeks. You give me the ROI pretty quick, don't you? We've got more than 5,500 customers globally, both federal and in the private sector. We've been doing this for 12 years. We've had more success than anybody else in helping our customers manage and protect this specific kind of information, files and emails. No, I mean, I mean the, the problem is that is let's say a bank, uh, John Gilroy Bank, has an intrusion. I'm not going to put that in the front page of the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. I may call up my old rep, Brian, mm-hmm. and go, hey, Brian, mm-hmm. thank you. But you can't really brag about some successes. I mean, you have to just say, well, we have 5,500 people. And must, something must be working. Yeah, in this case, it's probably good not to be on the front page, <laughs> yes. right? We've, we've got 5,500 customers, and they're not telling the world just how secure that they are. But these are the companies that realize that the disparate way of doing things in the past, the manual controls simply never worked. And they're putting a platform in place and they're having success. So you automate controls for humans and controls for data. Is that right? Or just one or the other? For both. So we help you understand where your most sensitive data is, where it's at risk, who's got access to it, and most critically, how it's being used. We monitor all behavior, whether it's human beings or machine accounts. So we can tell when an administrator stops behaving like an administrator and starts looking at the CEO's or the commanding officer's inbox. We tell you when a service account, a machine account, stops behaving like a service account. And maybe those credentials have been exposed to somebody outside the network and now they're using them to exfiltrate data. We also tell you when a user starts behaving strangely and encrypting data, meaning they may have clicked on one of those emails and now they're the the target of a ransomware attack. Yeah, it's really dancing real close to something called artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. deep learning, machine learning. Maybe take a little break and come back. And um, uh, is this what it touches on? Really? Artificial Absolutely. Stuff? We're looking at sophisticated ways of analyzing user behavior, and we can dig into that. Yeah, that's great. That's interesting. So I think maybe we can talk about what deep learning is and what AI is and mm-hmm. what it isn't and how this applies to protecting data for our federal listeners. Absolutely. We're going to pause here for a short break. My guest today is Brian Vecchi, technical evangelist, Veronis. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Combating Insider Threat in Government. Sponsored by Veronis on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Are you trying to follow the NIST cyber framework? If so, Veronis can help. In today's world, let's mitigate risk instead of chasing threats. I'm George Delisle, Director of Federal at Veronis. Our data security platform identifies sensitive data that's at risk, and analyzes how employees use files and emails to alert you when unusual activity occurs. At Veronis, you can get a free risk assessment by going to veronis.com slash NIST. That's V-A-R-O-N-I-S dot com slash NIST. Welcome back to the discussion, Combating Insider Threat in Government, sponsored by Veronis on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guest today is Brian Vecchi, technical evangelist, Veronis, and I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Well, you know, Brian, I uh, was at Fort Belvoir last Friday, 
and I was going through the gate there, and they had me jump up and down and swore in a stack of Bibles. I didn't have any thumb drives at all on me, mm-hmm. and I didn't. And, and you know, I'm wondering if this is really, is this, is this really the right place to focus. It just doesn't seems kind of silly. I wouldn't call it silly. Uh, thumb drives can certainly be both an ingress point for malware. It can be an egress point for data. You can exfiltrate data on a thumb drive. But trying to prevent data breaches by controlling thumb drive access is like trying to solve uh, airline safety by requiring seatbelts. You want everybody to wear a seatbelt. It's a basic control that you have in place. It's not going to solve the problem. Just driving a car. It's just state, step one. Yep. Let's do it. You know, um, I have three grown kids, <laughs> and I've heard every excuse in the whole world through high school and college. But I'll give you an excuse that some of my listeners may use. You could probably go into some agency, and they're going to say, you know, we like to think we don't have any insider threats. <laughs> well, uh, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know if, if only because insider threat doesn't necessarily mean it's somebody acting maliciously. If as an attacker, I get inside the network by leveraging an insider that's already there and using their credentials, I can access anything that that user can access. That's an insider threat attack, even if that particular user isn't the one uh, accessing data. You need to make sure that your users only have access to what they're supposed to, and that that access is taken away when it's no longer needed. That way you mitigate the potential threat of any outside attacker getting those insider credentials. That said, insiders don't necessarily always behave as they're supposed to. You need to monitor all behavior because sometimes administrators behave strangely. Sometimes users get disgruntled and decide to leave. Not everybody stays happy forever. Sometimes people just make mistakes. You know, there's an event that took place a couple weeks back, and there's a guy named Wayne Belk. and he's this great quote. I wrote it down. It's so appropriate. A lot of times you don't know what's walking out the door Mm -hmm. until it's gone. (laughs) And then, uh uh-oh, now I guess we did have a threat back last week and didn't know it. Again, you can't catch what you can't see. So if you're not looking at what people are actually accessing, by the time you're breached, it's already too late. There's no way to catch it because you have no record of what was actually touched. We hear over and over and over again that before using Veronis, we had no idea that people right before they were leaving were gathering everything they've ever worked on right before they go out the door. Now our customers telling us are telling us that they see that before it happens so they can prevent those kind of attacks or those kind of breaches because somebody walking out the door with your data is a breach, whether it ends up on the front page or not. So when you take a look at uh, agencies and or- large organizations in general, do you think the main obstacle is um, just the organization culture? Is it uh, identifying resources to accomplish this? Or what, what, what do you think the main culprit is in, in this resistance to watching what's what's going on? I'd be, I'd be hesitant to say there's a single main culprit. I think part of it is that many of the people, processes, and technologies around data security focus on traditional uh, repositories, focus on the structured data, on the databases. They don't realize that the data that most agencies and most organizations have the most of and know the least about are files and emails. And what's changing is the value of that data is skyrocketing. And our controls have been traditionally very, very lax. So people have access to too much. We never see how that data is being used. And now it represents more risk than ever before. So now organizations need to focus on securing that data, not necessarily focus on the traditional controls that have always been there. Well, I know what a gasoline engine is, and I know what a little gasoline engine in my lawnmower is, but tell me about an automation engine. So so you must automate something, is that right? You, you, you absolutely must automate something. What our automation engine does is automate the tasks of fixing data that's open to too many people and fixing many of the broken, the technically broken controls 
that prevent our customers from ever actually fixing this problem. For most of them, it takes four to six hours to go to a folder that might be open to everybody and lock that down appropriately. With Veronis, you can get that down to a few thousand in a day. With our automation engine, you could cover your entire enterprise just by pushing a button. So this is a data security platform. Is that the way to phrase it? How would you phrase it? It is a data security platform. What it does is it combines data classification, behavior monitoring, data access governance, and a variety of other technologies that traditionally were point reporting tools, manual processes, puts them all together in an automated, intelligent platform that connects all of the different disparate use cases that our customers need to secure their data. Now, I know what listeners are thinking. They're listening to you, listening to me going back mm-hmm. and forth going, well, what do they know about NIST 800-53? Mm-hmm. What do those guys know about PCI and DSS? Come mm-hmm. on now. They're... It's all compliant with that too, I assume. Absolutely. So most of those controls, when you get right down to them, basically say for the data that's under these regulations, whether it's SOX, PCI, HIPAA, high-tech, NIST, doesn't matter. Generally, what they say is you need to make sure that you know who's got access to the asset, who's got access to the data. You also need to make sure that you know exactly who shouldn't shouldn't have access and that it's all recorded. GDPR, which is a regulation in Europe right now, also says you need to make sure that you do regular risk assessments and that you have privacy by design. Those are the kinds of controls that organizations that are ahead of everybody else are putting into place right now. You know, this town is full of incubators and startups and all kinds of, there's a place called Mach 37 with cybersecurity startups. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like 3,400 new startups in the last couple of years involved with cybersecurity. So why should people look at Veronis and go, well, aren't they just like another startup? I mean, what, what experience do you folks have? We've been around for 12 years. We went public a couple of years ago and we have 5,500 customers that have used both our products and our methodology for securing their data. We've got a proven track record of going into chaotic environments, some of the biggest organizations in the world, helping them turn on the lights, identify their most sensitive data, put behavior monitoring in place, and then put good preventive controls in place by getting rid of global access and making sure that people only have access to what they're supposed to so that they can sustain a model over time. That may sound like a really big project, but what it means is our customers get value right away by just turning on the lights, seeing what's there, and monitoring how their data is being used. You know, I had an engineer send me a video file this morning, and I opened it up and sent it to one person. I didn't give global access to this video mm-hmm. file. The access was to one person. So what you're saying is many systems and large organizations you see, they just arbitrarily open up files to whoever mm-hmm. wants to take a peek. Oftentimes that's done just by mistake. Oftentimes it's done uh, because technically the data ended up open to everybody. Many organizations have absolutely no idea, not only what they have or where it is, they have no idea that it's open. And certainly this generally isn't being done on purpose. You don't want data, especially valuable data, open to everybody. Fixing the problem is extremely difficult, let alone knowing where all of that data is. So uh, this normally is part of a design of a system. You talked earlier about enterprise architecture, or is it more Mm -hmm. of like a cybersecurity type approach? Where does your product fit in? Our product fits in uh, throughout the entire stack. So we can help organizations not just fix the problems that they have, but also put good privacy by design or security by design into their systems. They can make sure that when they share data, when they create data for new for people to use, that it is properly secured and monitored. They can make sure that all data has an owner so that they know exactly who should be making decisions about it and that as new data is brought on board, it has privacy by design in place. This probably should go hand in hand with moving to the cloud or a hybrid move to the cloud, mm-hmm. putting one data set into the cloud. Wait, 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 wait. I got to, now is an opportunity to maybe put some kind of a platform to control what's in the cloud there and I can rest assured that the data is secure and rest. <laughs> Absolutely. We're hearing that a lot, that as uh, our customers or as organizations move to both cloud and hybrid 
platforms that they want to make sure that those controls are in place. What they're finding is that the controls that they already have are completely chaotic, and Mm -hmm. making those decisions now is just as difficult as it was in the past. If you don't know how the data is being used, you don't know what's sensitive, you don't know who it belongs to, it's very, very difficult to say, I want to make sure that only the right people have access, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. I'd like to thank today's guest, Brian Vecchi, technical evangelist at Veronis. I'm John Gilroy on Federal News Radio 1500 AM. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights Insider Threat, sponsored by Verona Systems on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. The entire program can be found on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search Insider Threat.